recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among with them. He said to them, peace be with you. But the whole group was terribly frightened, thinking that they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why do you doubt who I am? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I'm not a ghost. Because ghosts don't have bodies, as you see that I do. As he spoke, he held out his hands for them to see, and he showed them his feet. Still they stood there doubting, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it as they watched. Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me by Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must all come true. Then he opened their minds to understand these many scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah must suffer and die and rise again from the dead on the third day. With my authority, take this message of repentance to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who turn to me. You are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Good cup of tea, eh? Yeah, right, Mark? Yeah, you right? saying on the news Jerusalem 24 here? No, Mark. Listen. Broadcasting across the Middle East. We'd like to bring you the headlines for today. Record crowds have gathered for the Passover celebrations in Jerusalem this year. Local businesses talk about upturn in the economy. And for the first time in recorded history, there are no reports of any crimes being committed. The top of the news today, and continuing to be breaking news as we speak, is that the leading revolutionary, known as Jesus the Christ, is back on the scene. We would like to report that following our coverage of his death on Friday evening, when we had our crews there on Golgotha, bringing you the closest and latest pictures of his gruesome death, news reports are coming in from throughout Jerusalem that Jesus has come back to life again. We are trying to confirm and verify these reports, but everyone we have spoken to so far is saying that he is alive. We know this sounds astonishing, but so far we have more than 500 witnesses saying that he is alive. We interviewed Thomas, one of Jesus' disciples, who said himself, You may not believe this, and I didn't either. But Jesus really is back alive again and encouraging all of us to continue the mission he came with to see this world changed. We will bring you pictures and news. Anyway, moving on. 
moving on to local news. The price of camels has continued to rise. I can't believe that, Mark, because I could have sworn I just read that Jesus died on Friday. Here, here it is, right. He got killed, sorry, he didn't... Right, let me read it to you. Go on, go on. After the fanfare of his entry into Jerusalem last week, during which the crowds tore branches from the palm trees, much to the distress of the Green Party, and laid them down on the road in front of him, Jesus of Nazareth entered Jerusalem to the acclaim of the crowds. This was the person who claimed to be the king of the Jews. It is true to say that he had done some incredible things in his lifetime. He had healed many sick people, and there are stories galore going round, particularly in the area of Galilee. Just down the road. Down the road. <laughs> Where the dead have been raised, the deaf now hear, the blind now see, the lame walk, and the dumb now talk. It is not disputed that this man worked some incredible miracles. Wow. <laughs> it is also said that his teaching was profound more profound, even, than anyone who had ever taught before. He taught about loving your neighbour, of caring for the broken, and walking with the wounded. Yeah, I remember that. that I remember some of that stuff. After three years of being on the road and spreading his message of a new way of living, he had come here to Jerusalem, not necessarily with the blessing of our synagogue leaders, but with the people right behind him. This is incredible. Mm, Having going. entered Jerusalem, the city held its breath while the events of the week unfolded. Here it is. On Monday, he turned the temple upside down and challenged traders about using it as a marketplace. On Tuesday, he challenged the teaching of the religious leaders. On Wednesday, he hadn't appeared but stayed in Bethany, partying with his friends. Wow. On Thursday, they celebrated the Passover, and it is rumoured that he spent the night in prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Okay. On Friday morning, he was arrested, tried, found to be blaspheming against God, and crucified. That is... To ensure that he had... To ensure that he was dead, his side was pierced with a spear. That is, that is one crazy week for one crazy guy. <laughs> Although his death was said to be something that struck awe and wonder into the hearts of those who saw it, still many have questioned what it was all about. This Jesus, who lived such an incredible life, died an incredible death that all ended in nothing. See, Mark, what I don't understand is how they're saying that he's risen again. And here, look, there's even a picture of his dead body. Let's, let's have a look. I don't really know what this means. Um, I mean, did he say anything about coming back from the dead? Or Well, it doesn't say anything in here, but I do remember it being rumoured that he said something about rising again and, and something about knocking, knocking a temple down and rebuilding it in three days. Three days. Is that actually Three possible? days? I don't know hmm. about that. And his followers said that he had predicted that he would be beaten and flogged. And he said that people were going to abandon and deny him. This, this is incredible. Um, do we know where he is now? I mean, let's, let's turn on the news and see what we can find again. Oh, Mark, it's ended. How are we going to find Jesus now? Unbelievable. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. What? 
Why don't we go on the streets and see what we can find? There's got to be something out there. There's definitely more to the eye than what meets this. That is a good plan. All right, let's do it. I think the obituaries were wrong. They said that he was dead, that it was over and done with, but they were wrong. And the news of his resurrection spread from the angel to Mary, to Peter, to the disciples, and then to more than 500 after that. All who came with the same message, that this person who they had crucified and killed and ensured was dead, was now risen again. And they became a new people, a new brand of people. His followers became a new brand of people, filled with Easter, resurrection, hope and power. They were no longer afraid of living because they were no longer afraid of dying. So despite the fact that the religious leaders and the rulers at the time threatened the disciples, caused them to be in fear of their life, after his resurrection, after he'd risen again, they came out on the streets as bold as bold could be to preach the good news. To say that he was alive and that there was resurrection hope uh, with him. Why? Because the, the obituary was wrong. It was incomplete. It didn't tell the whole story. In our reading this morning, we had two disciples on the road to Emmaus, filled with grief that Jesus had died. In meeting Jesus, their grief is turned to joy and hope. In John's account, we have Mary at the tomb, weeping at the tomb, filled with grief that he would have been killed as he was. Her grief was turned to joy, full of joy, full of hope, she goes and tells the disciples. Something significant had happened. He appeared to the disciples twice very quickly, then once when Thomas was there, once when he wasn't there. In 1 Corinthians 15, we read that he appeared to more than 500, who all continued to tell the same story. And it didn't stop there. He appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus. A life completely transformed, completely turned around. That people would hear the good news of Christ. It's undeniable that he appeared to many people who we learn from later on in the epistles were prepared to stake their lives on this one fact alone. People would stake so much on something false. But when it means probably your ultimate death, you would want to know that it were true. And these disciples, these followers of Christ, staked their lives on his resurrection because they knew it was true. And it is no surprise that those people who lived such passionate, dedicated, committed lives have seen the Christian faith become the largest faith community in the world. Millions upon millions upon millions of believers today will be celebrating the resurrection Easter hope that we have. 
Because the resurrection is at the heart of the good news. There would be no good news. There would be no story to tell. It would have ended there at his death on Friday. But we're people who live in the light of Sunday. We're people who live in the light of his resurrection hope. The resurrection proved who he was. They proved his sonship. That he was the son of God. He could have acted as a perfect sacrifice for us. His claims as the son of God throughout his life were validated by this day. This resurrection day. The resurrection means that his power and his presence are here for us today. If Jesus had not risen from the dead, then how could we live by his power today? Death would have taken it away from him, but we know his resurrection power is alive in us today. The resurrection of Jesus was the springboard for mission. The resurrection of Jesus is the key to eternal life. Let me tell you a story. There was a caterpillar crawling across a Persian rug. You know what a Persian rug is? It's a rug full of lots of colors, bright colors, really finely made. And the caterpillar crawled for what he thought was years and years, a terribly long time, crawling across the rug. And he could see one color at a time. He saw first the blues, and then the oranges, and then the yellows, and then the reds, and the purples, and the deep violets, and the greens. He saw one color at a time. What a beautiful world I live in, he thought. Everything is good. Look at all this color I'm able to enjoy. Finally, he crawled off the Persian carpet and became a cocoon. And he became a cocoon and he hibernated. And although he didn't realize it, the cocoon was part of the miracle. And then there was another miracle. He came out of the cocoon as a beautiful monarch butterfly. And he fluttered higher and higher and higher. And he looked down at the Persian rug for the first time. And he saw it all in his total magnificent splendor. What a sight he saw. For the first time in his existence, he saw the meaning of his whole life. He saw the past and the present like he'd never seen it before. He saw life in full technicolor. And those who have ears to hear, Jesus says, hear. Because Easter is inviting us to believe in the power of God to create magnificent new life. To believe the miracle that God transforms caterpillars into butterflies. To believe the miracle that God transforms earthly bodies into heavenly bodies. Easter is the invitation to believe as children, perhaps maybe because it's only children who understand the miracles of God. Jesus says we have to believe like a child. 
in the goodness and the grace of God. The purpose of Easter is the victory celebration that tells of the power of God that took Jesus of Nazareth and transformed him, metamorphosed metamorphosed him, transfigured him into a glorious resurrection body. The purpose of Easter is God telling the truth that God creates life out of apparent death. God creates life out of apparent death. The purpose of Easter is to convince us that creepy crawly caterpillars become transformed into butterflies. The purpose of Easter is to convince us that not only are these miracles in nature, but they are miracles in history, in my history, and in your history. The purpose of Easter is to convince us that there will be a time in our lives when we too will be transformed. Those who choose to put their faith in Christ shall be transformed into something utterly magnificent and beautiful. The purpose of Easter is to tell us of those good and glorious promises of God who has the power to take that which is dead and transform it into life. It is no surprise to me, because of the way that Jesus lived his life, that the first person he met when he rose from the dead was one of the women. I was reflecting at the three hours at the cross on Friday. The women at the tomb were quite special. They never took their eyes off Jesus. They stood at a distance and watched the crucifixion. They watched as Joseph of Arimathea took the body down from the cross with Nicodemus. They watched as, from a distance as they walked to Joseph's garden. They watched as they laid Jesus' body in the tomb, as they prepared it for the tomb and laid it in the tomb. Last at the cross, first at the resurrection. The women who had their eyes focused on Jesus. Jesus turned Mary's mourning into dancing, her death into joy, her sorrow into celebration. Throughout his life, Jesus reached out to those of different persuasions, different backgrounds, different communities, but most of all, he reached out to those who knew their brokenness. Blessed are the poor in spirit, he said, in the Sermon on the Mount, for they will see the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who know their brokenness, their weakness, their vulnerability. Blessed are they. Why? Because we'll cry out to Jesus. And if, if in crying out we accept his invitation to have him as Lord and Savior of our lives, then Easter Sunday morning isn't just a morning for chocolate eggs. In this country today, in this morning, just this morning, 86,000 tons of chocolate will be eaten. 86,000 tons. It's extraordinary, isn't it? 
if you run a business on dieting, tomorrow's the day to advertise it. 86,000 tons. But you know what? The good news is that for those who've accepted Christ as Lord, today's the day we celebrate. Today's the day that it's all about. I'm not a great chocolate fan. We haven't got chocolate in our house. Well, the children do, and Lindsay does, but I don't. But yesterday, I put a bottle of champagne in the fridge. Because there's any day worth celebrating, today's the day. If there's any day saying, our God has won, today's the day. If there's any day worth saying, our God has taken us from death to life, today's the day. And you know, friends, I think we all would carry stuff in our life. What is it that causes you to weep? What is it that causes you to be broken? What is it that causes you to carry the wounds and the scars in your life? Jesus will take them. He will take them if you entrust your life to him today. And he will turn your mourning into dancing. He will turn your sorrow into joy. He will turn your pain into comfort. All we have to do is believe the good news and invite the risen Christ into our lives. And he will transform our weak and frail bodies into glorious and magnificent bodies. And one day, one day, I will stand before my Lord. And I hope and pray that everybody here will be there with me. And I don't think we'll have champagne. I think we'll have more as we celebrate our risen lives with our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's just bow our heads, shall we?